The Gospel reading today, Luke chapter 8, verses 26 through 39, presented by the Riviera Drama Group. As an added bonus, uh, you, the crowd, are the townspeople. So when prompted, speak the words from your heart loud enough so that they can hear it in Beersheba. Thank you. Unclean spirit, come out of this poor man. You demons, do not drive him into the wilds. What would you do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High? Do not torment me. What is your name? Legion. I pray do not send us into the abyss. Send us into the swine or the feeding by the lake. Townspeople, eh? Who is this man who casts out? Who is this man who casts out demons? Who gives you power to do this? Leave us alone. Go away. Do not go. I beg of you. Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. Listen to me, all of you. I have had demons for years. And this Jesus is casting out. And I am here. <laughs> Not my turn. We have a, a gospel reading today that is one of the, I, it's probably one of the stranger stories in the New Testament. Um, I'm, I've been preaching for 22 years, and I believe that I have carefully danced my way around this story. For I don't think that I've ever preached this story before, which is hard to do in 22 years. It means that every time it comes up, I just avoid it and go to one of the other texts for that given Sunday. <laughs> Because it's a strange one, and I don't know what got into me, but I thought, let's, let's, let's look at this text. And actually, I'm kind of loving it. It is a weird one, and we have to sort of start by naming some of the things that are going on in this text. First of all, this is a, a world, a time in the world, and gosh, not a whole lot different from our own time, when mental illness is unfortunately described because it's inexplicable, they don't understand it, as demon possession. And I think, you know, obviously that is offensive to anybody who has struggled with mental illness, to anybody who knows anybody who struggled with mental illness. But it is to say, in Jesus' time, they didn't understand it, and so they often attributed to the demonic anything that they didn't understand. And any of you that have um, you know, still in our day when we see somebody who is homeless walking down the street carrying on an a aggressive uh, animated conversation with what appears to be themselves or a voice in their head and it's frightening and it's disturbing and it's unpredictable. 
I often think if that same person's illness were not a mental illness but a physical illness, that they were having a seizure on the sidewalk, we would be doing everything we could to help their physical safety because it's a mental health issue. We shake our heads, turn our heads, keep walking, keep driving. And so in Jesus' time, they understood even less than we did. And they just attributed those things that they didn't understand to the demonic. And so we just have to, to understand that, that that's there in the text. Um, so that, that's happening there. We also have this weird thing in this text of a pig suicide. We'll get to that later. It's, it's a very strange thing where the demons move from this man to a, a herd of pigs. That's strange. Really weird stuff. We have... An important issue that you, you might miss, that the story that happens just before this in Luke's gospel is Jesus getting on a boat with his disciple and crossing over to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Now, any time in the Bible, there are certain clues. If you hear in a biblical text that they're going up a mountain, that means that they are going to encounter God. Think of Moses going up to Sinai, Jesus going up the mountain, the transfiguration. Important things happen when you go up in the mountain. Similarly, when you go into the wilderness, that is often a place of, of scariness and uncertainty where God meets us. Parting waters, crossing waters is also big. This is big stuff. It means something is happening, that God is doing a new thing. So these are just little clues as you're reading your Bible. Geography always plays an important role. And so Jesus and his disciples are getting in a boat, and they are crossing to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And who lives on the other side but Gentiles? This is significant. They are taking, Jesus is taking the word of God to the Gentiles. This doesn't, again, sound like a big deal to us Gentile Christians uh, here 2,000 years later, but pay attention because it means that God is doing a new thing. God is crossing the waters. God is going over and bringing the word to a new set of people. So, just before this, Jesus has calmed the storm on the Galilee that had the disciples pretty freaked out. Jesus exerting his power over nature. And then he comes over, lands on the other side, on the other side of the waters in Gentile territory, and it is there that he is approached by this man, who the scripture tells us is possessed by demons, which simply, unfortunately, means that he seems to have a mental illness. And there is this crazy thing of demons talking with Jesus that somehow the unholy world recognizes that holiness has stepped off the boat and things are about to change. And so this man engages Jesus, or almost more significantly, the demons engage Jesus and they beg him to spare them and... Then this sort of crazy thing happens. The demons, I don't know if you all caught that in, the, in the, uh, our dramatic reenactment, go from the man spirit to this herd of swine. And the swine, the pigs, all run into the sea and they die. 
okay, this is it's a crazy story I told you. <laughs> now, you know, much has been made of, you know, for Jesus, a Jew, you know, they had no need for those swine. Those were unclean animals, um, just as the spirit was, quote-unquote, unclean. Uh, and yet, that was a huge source of, of uh, economic security for whosoever pigs those were. It says the swine herder went immediately to the town to tell them what had happened. And Jesus engages this man in a conversation, what is your name? And his name is Legion. The scriptures tell us that Legion, well, Legion is a, uh, in, the, in the Roman military world, it's a measurement of a troop. There's 6,000 men in a legion. Does this mean that this man was possessed of 6,000 demons? Is that how he was known? And it says that he lived in caves and in tombs because the community had so ostracized him, had so banished him from their presence, and that they had even shackled him in chains. So here was this man's life, legioned, known by his disease, shackled and chained in the tomb outside of town. This is the story. And then here comes Jesus. Jesus who casts out those demons, sends them elsewhere, out. And then the villagers come. And they see what has happened here because now suddenly Legion is, uh, what, what, how do they say this in the scripture? He is sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed in his right mind. He has been restored to wholeness and to community. He has been given the dignity of a place and clothing. He's been given his right mind, it says, and there he is sitting in the presence of Jesus. But the townspeople come and they see what's happening and they send Jesus away. Were they offended by the healing? Were they offended that Jesus gave somebody back his life and his identity? Does the gospel bring hostility? even against those who have been healed. Sometimes it is the very, the very nature of, uh, of, of folks to resent those who receive the grace of God. But here comes Jesus bearing the grace of God, and the townspeople send him away. Now, perhaps it was for economic reasons. We can't afford you putting any more of our demons away. We're happy to have this man chained and bound and known by what we call him, then restored to life and community. Sometimes the devil we know is easier than the thing that lies outside of the tomb. We can shackle ourselves to our own tombs, to the places of deadness and and. I don't know, we call, this man was called Legion, but I swear 
Each, each one of us probably has a whole bunch of things that, that haunt us and hold us down, things that keep us back, that keep us in our tombs, that keep us from really being the person God created us to be. And not just individuals, but I think churches can have legions, countries can have legions. We can all have those things that have bound us, that have shackled us, that have kept us in our tombs of nakedness and despair. And it is into that place that Jesus comes and sees the pain, casts it out, and sends us on our way. Legion is transformed. Legion is changed. The village is left with questions. They prefer the devil that they knew than the one that they didn't know. They preferred being able to define Legion by his deficiencies than by seeing him for who God created him to be. We do that sometimes. We do that in churches. We do that in communities. I'm, I'm hearing all kinds of talk in the community of blaming homeless persons, of being outraged at homeless people. So much easier to to blame and to cast them into a pile rather than to deal with the circumstances with compassion and grace. I think it's it's a challenging gospel reading for all of us because it is a reading that is about liberation, about being unshackled, about allowing other people to be unshackled, about how we define our identity, how we define the identity of others. Are we willing to extend and allow God's grace for others in the same way that we receive it for ourselves? The good news is it's not really up to us. God's grace is at work. We don't get to control it. But I wonder if those folks in the village would rather have controlled God's grace and kept it for themselves and decided who was worthy of it who they could dole it out to than to receive this man legion back into the community. As far as we know, he stayed there in this community, perhaps as a witness and a sign that God's grace is going to work even in this Gentile place, that God is, is crossing boundaries, God is crossing borders, God is moving into unknown territory and doing a new thing. We don't get to control it. We don't get to name it. We don't get to define the people who are going to be recipients of God's grace. Our job, really, is to be people who allow Christ to redeem us, to extend that redemption to every person we find, to know that God's liberating power is at work in our world, God is moving out in places that make us uncomfortable, in ways that challenge our definition of who's in and who's out. Jesus is crossing over. Jesus is moving out. Jesus is unbinding and freeing. Jesus is casting out demons. Will we go with him? Will we be persons to open ourselves to say, Jesus, heal me? Will we celebrate with other people when Jesus offers that grace and healing and mercy to other people? 
Will we define persons by their deficiencies or will we claim them by God's grace? We live in a world where people are in and people are out and hate speech is just running all around about who's in and who's out. Who is worthy of God's love? Who is worthy of our grace? But if we're going to follow Jesus to the other side, if we're going to get in the boat with Jesus, our identity is going to be challenged in good ways because the grace of Jesus is available to everybody. This healing mercy, this casting out demons, in this particular story, the demons are, are sort of described as something going on with, with Legion's mental state, but I think there are all kinds of demons. There are all kinds of demons in the church, all kinds of demons in the world, all kinds of demons in our hearts. Some demons look like fear and resentment and anger, and some demons look like racism and sexism and classism. Some demons look like hurt. But we have a God that brings redemption. We have a God that's all about liberation. We have a God that crosses our borders and boundaries and makes us uncomfortable and draws forth new life. So I'm with Legion today. I'm with Legion celebrating his resurrection to new life. I'm grateful to have a God that casts out my demons, to have a God that helps me see that which has claimed me and shackled me and holds me and that calls me forth to new life. I'm grateful to have a God that forces me beyond my own boundaries, that puts me in a boat with the other disciples and says, there's a whole other world out here. Look and notice because I'm there too. It's a challenging text. It's a weird text and a challenging text. But I hope that today you will start looking for where you might find freedom where God is bringing redemption to you, where you might open your heart. I think demons sometimes come in the form of just a closed heart. But where you might open your heart to God's love, where you might allow God to use you, to push you beyond your boundaries, where you might allow God's grace and mercy, liberation and freedom to infuse your life and the life of others. Let us pray. God, your gospel is always pushing us and challenging us, but it's also always healing us and always redeeming us. God, we lift up all of those who struggle this day, those who struggle in mind and in body, and we include ourselves in that. And so, God, we ask that you bring us freedom and healing, and hope. And God, we ask that you help us to offer that freedom and healing and hope to others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our redeeming Lord, we pray. Amen.